All right, what's going on, guys? Philly Insider Podcast here. We got me, Hunter Doyle, and Dan Rodarmel today on the Eagles preview. Uh, Sanjay was not able to make it. He's pretty busy right now, but um, this week, Dan was able to make it. So it's always awesome to have Dan on the pod. Um, thank you guys for all the support recently. Hit the subscribe, hit the post notifications so you know when our videos are coming out. Thank you to you guys who have been um, very loyal and you know, watching our videos and all that. And then if you want, you can listen to this on Apple, Spotify, or Anchor. You don't have to watch the whole video, um, whatever you prefer. So let's just get into it. This week for preview between the Eagles and the 49ers this week, which is not exactly a, a, a nice matchup to go into, uh, being 0-2-1 to start the season. So, <laughs> so, I mean, to say the least, but let's just go off of general feeling for this game. So, Dan, how are you feeling going into this game? Oh, man. I'm not the most confident in this game. Yeah. Um, It's even like with so many people being injured, I mean, the 49ers are banged up, and so are we. Uh, I mean, we only had like one wide receiver active in practice the other day, which is (laughs) crazy. But, um, yeah, oh, man. I'm not feeling too great about the game. Uh, at first, I thought it was going to be okay, but then I saw a report that George Kittle and Debo Samuel are probably going to be back, and I was like, well, this is too bad. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just hoping we keep the game close. Uh, I, I think it'll be – I think, honestly, it could still be a good game. Um uh, I mean, who knows if Nick Mullins is going to be all he's cracked up to be when he was when he came in last season. Um, yeah, but <laughs> there's a lot for us to figure out, and the 49ers just seem to always have it figured out right now. So, we'll we'll see how this game goes. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to watch it either way. So, <laughs> it might be very frustrating, but, you know, I I, I think it'll be a solid game. Yeah, you got that nice uh, the nice Sunday night game so you can come home from work, right? Yes, sir. Actually, I don't have to work Sunday, so we're chilling. Oh, good we're stuff. Good. But would have been nice to not work during a 1 o'clock game, so you could have watched one of those. But. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling too, too great going into this game either, to say the least. I mean, the 49ers offense could really have a game against us if, if all goes well. I could all, I mean, this is also a game where the Eagles, like, everyone's done with them. Everyone's done believing. And then the Eagles come up and, and come out with this huge upset win. I mean, we saw it against the Packers last year. We saw it against the Texans the year before that and the Rams the year before that when Nick Foles was starting. Um, sorry, I mean, uh, now the Carson Wentz haters are going to be out in the comments. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I mean, they, they have a right to be right now. I'll, I'll admit that as much as all. But anyway, I mean, yeah, and the 49ers defense is just disgusting. I'll get into that later. Um, it's it's a really nice scheme by Robert Sewa, I think is his name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that is the defensive coordinator, even though I don't know how to pronounce his name. I do know who it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, the 49ers are a very complete team, even with injuries. I mean, Nick Mullins is um, he's pretty solid. Um, he definitely has his moments where – you know, he could have made a better read or stuff like that, which I'll get into later. But, yeah, overall, this is not a favorable matchup, which is why I do think the Eagles might be able to come out with a win. But it's also why I could see the Eagles falling into a really deep hole. So, um, with that said, 
I'm going to give an injury report for both teams, which is going to be pretty lengthy. So, so let's start. Let's start off with the 49ers, who um, they have. All right, so D Ford is out in that practice all week. Jimmy G is out, so Nick Mullins will be starting again. Um, D Greenlaw is out. He's a linebacker who lines up next to Fred Warner. He's he's pretty good. The Eagles passed him up for I think Sharif Miller last year. Not a good move. And D Greenlaw is doing pretty well with the 49ers. Um, and then George Kittle practiced in full, which is not good. Debo Samuel is going to play as well, which I thought he was supposed to play the week after he played us, but now he's playing us. So he's at full health. That is not a good sign, Eagles fans. Um, and then Derek McKinnon practiced in full. Emmanuel Mosley, backup corner, he's out. Raheem Mostert, he's still out. And then Jordan Reed is out after – well, that's not really surprising. He's been injured his whole career. But he really – I really am concerned for his health. He should probably retire at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, K1 Williams is questionable. He's their slot corner, and he's pretty good. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think we'll end up playing. And then Akello Witherspoon, another corner, he is out as well. So that's the 40 – that's just the 49ers injury report. Now we're going to the Eagles injury report. <laughs> um so Fletcher Cox is – he did not practice, but I think he's supposed to play. I think they're just kind of being safe with it because uh, he doesn't have a game designation yet. I think he's probably going to play. Um, Deshaun Jackson, he did not practice this whole week, and he is out, he's out. Um, after Doug, Doug Peterson said this morning he was optimistic he could play, um, which is – I mean, it, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun always has some day-to-day -day injury and then turns into something even worse. Avante Maddox – who we also lost our, our other outside corner, Craig James, to injury, and we cut Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas. So, um, and Avante Maddox is out, and his backup, Trevor Williams, who's the other outside corner we brought up, is also out. Uh, so, we're going to have to bring up an outside corner from the practice squad. Now, I will get into that later. I do like some of those guys, but again, there's still practice squad players at the end of the day. This is like last year all over again. Um, JJ Arthiga Whiteside is doubtful which is honestly a benefit for the Eagles. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey is out. And I think he still needs like another week or something. So, um, Wayne Johnson was limited, but I think he's expected to play. Jason Peters is questionable. Another guy who didn't really play well last week. So, who knows? I mean, we'll have to see what happens there. It might be a benefit if he doesn't play with how he's been playing. Um, and then – all of these guys practice in full that I'm about to list. Jamon Brown, Jack Driscoll, Rudy Ford, John Hightower, thankfully. I mean, because we have no one at receiver right now. Miles Sanders, Jason Kelsey. So they got healthier as the week went on, but there's still a couple key positions where they're completely depleted. Um, so with that said, let's get into the 49ers and just like them as a team. So Dan, why don't you start with the offense, um, and then I'll kind of go more on the defense for this one. Okay. Um, 49ers offense. Uh, strengths, obviously, the run game. The biggest thing. Huge, humongous part of their, their whole game scheme. Um, I mean, I don't know if Raheem Mostert is back or not. Uh, oh, wait. You said he's out, right? Yeah. Yes. So Raheem Mostert's out. Even when Raheem Mostert's out, they're still balling. It does not matter. I mean, Jarek McKinnon was playing super well until he got an injury, but I think he's also going to play again. Yes. 
Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. has always been solid when he has to play. Yeah. Uh, there is another guy there, but I can't remember his name. But he's like their fourth running back, and the dude is still a beast when he was on the field last week. So, I mean, you can't – like their run game is just unstoppable. Uh, it's it's so hard to stop. And even uh, yep. even when we used to be one of the better run defenses in the league – I don't know if we could stop this backfield because yeah. they they are so good and they're this the way they scheme the running backs is also very important. Uh, some of these guys are pass catchers. Some of these guys just run straight up the middle, and some of them do it all. To be honest with you, um, especially with Raheem Mostert, the guy is so fast. Uh, don't know if we have anyone that can really tackle him. To be honest, at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, super strong run game. Um, now, the passing game, not exactly sure on right now, just because Nick Mullins is in. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has always been kind of consistent. Uh, and he, when he has weapons, he's doing well. Um, George Kittle is a huge part of the offense as well. Uh, now that he's back in the game, that is going to be killer against us because we do not have a linebacker or even probably a – good enough safety to cover him or something like that. I, I just don't know if any anyone can possibly cover him. Yeah. Um, so Kittle's probably going to have a humongous day, even if he's still injured. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that they have Debo Samuel back is huge for them as well. Uh, really can actually take a top off a of defense, but you've always been a solid receiver last year. Uh, so you can't really expect much less from him. Um yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not too much weakness here um, in their offense, unfortunately. Uh, but, I mean, like you said, Nick Mullins, uh, we don't exactly know what he's made of yet. Uh, I mean, he is the backup quarterback for a reason. So, I mean, I'm not expecting, you know, like 600 yards against us or something like that. But I, he can definitely get things going against us. I guess the the weakest point is going to be there uh, is how Nick Bolins plays. Um, I mean, but behind George Kittle and Devo Samuel, I mean, Brandon Ayuk did look good last week, but I mean, besides that, you're not too excited about any other their receivers really. So I mean. I, it's just about depth for them. As long as everyone they have is on the field, then they're they're good. Um, yeah, I mean, also for for their, I guess a weakness for them is uh, just how they manage the game. Uh, I mean, if they're, if they're running the ball most of the time, they're controlling the game. Uh, that's definitely how they play to their opponents, um, except the Giants, which they blew the Giants out last week. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about the run game and the defense for them. Uh, this is how they control the clock and they keep the game so low scoring, honestly, at pretty much any game. So I think that's pretty much all I got for their strengths and weak weaknesses on offense. Yeah, and a couple of comments on that too. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, the, the fullback, really good blocker too. I mean, yes. he's a big part of that run game. Um, and like you said, with, with McKinnon and Wilson, like they'll run both of them in the backfield at the same time. It works really well, both passing and, and running the ball. Um, and then another another guy at receiver, Kendrick Bourne, who's been looking pretty good the past couple weeks. So we'll have to keep an eye on him to see if that continues. Um, yeah, like you said, Mullins is a question mark. 
he, he definitely he looked pretty solid last week. But there were also some throws when I was watching that were thrown into very tight windows that could have very well been picked off. So the Eagles needed – they need to get turnover this week too. So that's going to be a big part of that. So I just wanted to mention that real quick. But um, going on to the defense – oh, and the offensive line too. Um, I forgot to mention. Uh, I can give like a quick overview if you want just of each player starting. So Trent Williams will start at left tackle. He's really good. I mean, he's, he was good with the Washington football team formerly known as the R word back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> the interior though, they, they run the ball outside a lot because they, their interior is really poor. So they have um, Lake and Tomlinson, Ben Garland, and then um, the other, Daniel Brunskill, I think. Yeah, that's who it is. Just look at my notes. Those guys are not very good. They've been, they've been beat the first couple of weeks. The 49ers have actually had the worst inside run game. Um, in terms of yards per carry going inside um, in the first three weeks. So that's something to watch. And then Mike McGlinchey is on the right side. Good run blocker, but not good in pass protection. So watch for him against Brandon Graham. Um, but then going on to defense, I mean, Robert Salah, who I was talking about earlier, he's really good, um, a really good coordinator who likes to confuse quarterbacks and give a lot of exotic looks with guys showing like they're coming with pressure at the line. And then it confuses the offensive line too with pass protection and slide in certain ways and all that. Um, so that's going to be something to watch because Carson could be on his back. If, you know, while I like how Nate Herbig has played and some of the other guys, if, if they don't communicate, they're, they're going to give up a lot of open holes in, in a pass rush. So that's not going to be good. Um, Nick Bose has definitely missed badly on the defensive line. Um, but they still do have, you know, Javon Kinlaw said he's been playing average. And honestly, he, he's a pretty pretty good defensive tackle. I, I thought he looked pretty good so far. So if he steps up his game, that's going to be a little worrisome, especially if they map, they line him up against Matt Fryer, who's going to be starting a left guard in this game, because Isaac Samalo was hurt. He's on injury reserve. That's going to be tough. Um, and then uh, Arik Armstead, a guy last year who had a, had a breakout year last year. But some people are wondering if that was just because he was playing with Nick Bosa and Forrest Buckner and – um, all these other guys. So they're wondering if he's the real deal. He's looked pretty good so far the first few weeks. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. And then Kerry Hyder is the other defensive end. He's, he's been pretty good too. Um, and he's going to be going up against Jason Peters most likely or whoever is starting at left tackle if Jason Peters is not healthy, which is not a favorable matchup right now. Going on to the linebacker, Fred Warner is just an absolute stud. I mean, he had an interception last week. He's been one of the better linebackers uh, recently. So that's going to be tough. But uh, the guy I was talking about earlier, D. Greenlaw, who was hurt, he is a second-year player who had a good rookie year. And Quan Alexander is the other linebacker who's probably going to start. And he's struggled in both the run and the pass game from what I've heard. So that's a weak point to attack. Maybe kind of a Nate Gary-like uh, player on, on the 49ers defense who we can attack. <laughs> But um, And then the secondary, Jason Barrett is finally healthy. Um, he's been injured practically his whole career, but he's healthy. He played well last week in his debut as a 49er. I believe it was his debut, um, but it was his first game this year as a 49er. And he looked pretty good. Um, I, I heard a lot of good things about him. I thought he looked good when I watched the game. Kwan Williams is their slot corner, who is questionable this week. He is, he's pretty good, too. Um, watch for him because he can definitely make some plays if he's in the game. And then their safety duo is pretty solid as well. Jimmy Ward is coming off a really good 2019 season. 
and he's looking to continue that. Hasn't been great this year from what I've heard, um, but then you got Jaquiski Tart, too, who is a, another really reliable safety. Um, they've got a lot of good pieces on that defense, and they know how to scheme them to make them, to play, make them all play to their strength. So they have, a, they have a pretty good it's, – it's more about the scheme almost than, than the players because they have a few injuries in the secondary as well. Oh, Dante Johnson. He's the other outside corner. I've heard very bad things about him, that he is always getting pass interference calls on him. He's, he's always letting up big catches. The Eagles need to go right after him in the tackle. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. And then special teams, they just cut their long snapper last week, which is not usually a good thing if your long snapper is getting cut. I watched the game, and I, I didn't know what happened, um, even though the game had already happened when I'd watched it. I didn't know what happened with him. Um, and I was watching, and the first three kicks, um, were, or the first three snaps on the field goals were low. And the Giants were getting real close to blocking them. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is there if they're not protecting? or what? And then he mucked, like, three more field goal snaps in a row. And the 49ers kind of had to, like, improvise and make like they were going for a fake field goal and just throw the ball away because there was nothing – because the snap was so bad. Uh, finally, on the last one, they put someone else in, and he snapped it fine. And this is a guy who's not, who's not a long snapper. He's not doing this for his career. So, um, yeah, so, that I mean, they're going to have a new person in there. We'll see whether he's good or not. But that's something to keep an eye on as well. And then Robbie Gold is always a consistent kicker. If they get into field goal range, he's probably going to hit. So, you know, you can't just rely on them getting field goals the whole game because you will hit field goals. But, yeah, so that's kind of the 49ers for you guys in a nutshell. Um, again, we're Eagles fans, so, like, we don't have a great knowledge of them, but we hope that gives you guys a better picture. But let's talk about this Eagles receiver core, Dan. I mean, so Deshaun Jackson is out. Even J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who's at least, like, a decoy on the field, I guess you could say at best, he's out too. Um, Alshon is still not here. Jalen Rager is on IR. So, um, and Quez Watkins' practice window was opened up this week, but I'm not sure if he's going to be activated before the game. Um, sounds like maybe he will, but let's let's assume he is. It's going to be Greg Ward, um, John Hightower, Quez Watkins. They'll probably bring up Deontay Burnett from the practice squad again because you can bring up two guys from the practice squad now. Um, and then, so that's four. Um, I, I'm, last year, we came in with four in a couple games, and we were down to one by the end. So, um, <laughs> don't want another Josh Perkins playing wide receiver situation. But um, get to that in a minute, though. There's another tight end there as well. Um, and then, um, who's, oh, Travis Fulgham, who's on the practice squad, is the, the other receiver they're thinking about bringing up this week. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that, but he's he's six foot two, two twenty, two two nineteen pounds, I think. So he's kind of more your typical big body receiver, X receiver. The Eagles brought him in in the summer, and people thought he's probably just going to be cut. He's probably just another training camp body. But they kept him on the practice squad, so maybe the Eagles see some value in him. But yeah, so those are the those are kind of the guys we're working with this week, which is it's not ideal, but they've done it before. So so, and um, if you had to pick like one guy, maybe. Um, or a couple, if you want. Who, who's going to step up this week um, for the Eagles at receiver? I mean, it's kind of a huge question mark right now. Yeah, I mean, who knows at this point? Um, I mean, I could just go with the easy one and say Greg Ward because, like, he's just going to get targets. Like, he has the most – out of any of those receivers, he has the most experience with Wentz, the most chemistry. 
Um, it's just going to come easiest to Greg Ward. Uh, but if I'm if I'm not picking him, um, I just don't know. <laughs> I'd probably I'd probably go with uh, Deontay Burnett, but before him, I might even go with like our new addition. And is is Hakeem Butler playing? You know, he as is. we were going to mention, is he going to play? He's okay. technically a tight end, but he, in my eyes, he's a receiver. So Right. So I know with the Cardinals, he was a receiver, and he did play some games last season. Now, I, he didn't get the high volume that, you know, he might get this Sunday, but um, I'm thinking he could get more targets before Burnett or even, like, we saw Richard Rodgers out there last Sunday. He could get some tar- targets as well. Um. <laughs> I just don't know if I want anyone else in this receiver core, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Burnett just has the experience with Wentz as well, yeah. um, like coming in last season as well. So, yeah, I guess I'd pick him. I just – I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> all Yeah, I love Deontay Burnett. I think he's a, I think he's a very solid practice squad player. And, I mean, every time he gets snaps, he plays well. So, I really like watching him play. But – the guy I am going to go with is is Hakeem Butler. I'm really excited about him. Um, he actually he actually missed his rookie season because of a broken hand last year. So and he was a fourth round pick, and many thought he he had the potential of a first round pick, but he had a lot of drops. And actually, I read that the reason most of the reason for those drops were that he was trying to make spectacular catches. Um, I don't know, trying to be Odell out there. But um, um, <laughs> rather than just, like, making sure he got the catch, he was trying to make some phenomenal play. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like he was just, you know, the, the ball was coming right to him and he just dropped it. Um, he's six foot five, 227 pounds. He's a really big dude. He ran a 4.48 40-yard dash, which is really good for that size, too. That is not very typical for a receiver at that size. C.D. Lamb ran a 4.53, just for reference. I, I mean, I, I know, 40-yard dash doesn't say – He's better than him. Justin Jefferson ran a 40-yard dash faster than he actually plays. But it, I still think it's very impressive. He, I think he has 35-inch arms, which is um, pretty long. Usually it's 33-inch for most guys. Um, he's got, he's got I think he's got 10-inch hands, I want to say. Um, so, I mean, I don't know about inch and feet and all that measurements. I'm just throwing out numbers. But for, for those who are combine, um, combine addicts, you know, you know the measurements. But – um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good player. Um, you know, after he broke his hand, the Cardinals um, brought him back this offseason, and um, he he got cut, unfortunately. Not sure. I, well, they they also have well, they have Hopkins, Kirk, and Larry uh, Fitzgerald, and then they have Andy Isabella, who's a really fast um, receiver behind him. They also have Keyshawn Johnson, I think it is something like that. Um, but they they felt really good about the receiving core, and Hakeem apparently. They make the cut, unfortunately, and then he went to the Panthers practice squad, and now he's here. I think there's a lot of potential there that just hasn't been unlocked. He hasn't been given a chance yet, obviously. Maybe maybe the Eagles use him. I mean, the big reason I think they might use him was, well, Richard Rodgers was lining up a lot last week after Goddard went out, and he's really more of a blocking tight end. Um, I know I know he had some catches with Aaron Rodgers back in the day, too, so I respect him for that. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think he's, like, solid, um, but I think Hakeem might be more used in the receiving game the the 49ers call out a cover three so they'll have three defenders deep and then they'll have four underneath and they'll have four guys rushing um typical that's just standard cover three 
And the ways to beat that is um, getting routes up the seam, um, in-breaking routes behind, behind the linebackers or underneath, stuff like that. And also um, lining up three guys on one, one side of the field and overloading one defender's zone. And a lot of that involves tight end routes. And if they line up Akeem Butler on the inside at tight end, I think he might get some catches. And they also, they also sometimes line up Zach Ertz on the outside or Goddard on the outside. And Akeem is an X receiver. He's supposed to line up on the outside on his own um, without any receivers around him. So I think you could see him line up at, at, um, at the outside spot a little bit. I think he was just converted to tight end with the Eagles, um, which is interesting. But maybe they'll I use him so. I think he's going to be used more receiver this week. And I'm really excited for him. Um, I, I think the Eagles might have gotten a diamond in the rough here. Now, if he doesn't do well, I'm not going to be too worried because it's his first NFL game um, that he's suiting up for. I won't be surprised if he's inactive before either, but I really hope he plays. Um, I hope I hope it's a good game for him. I'm excited for him. So, yeah, with that said, now we've talked about who's going to step up in the wide receiver room. So – now let's talk about two guys who need to step up just in general. Um, I, can, I can go first on this one. I mean, this guy's pretty easy to pick on, Nathan Gary. Um, he's been really bad the first couple weeks. He's allowed 13 completions on 13 pass attempts his way. Um, he's given up – He had before this year, he had given up two touchdowns in pass coverage. He's already given up two in three games this year. And I think his, the passer rating against him is like 150 or something, which you guys who don't know is really, really bad um, for Nate Gary. Really, really good for the quarterbacks, though. Yeah. So, I mean, the big criticism on him last year was that he missed tackles. And I know he, had the, he actually had the same core injury that Deshaun Jackson had last year that held Deshaun out the whole year. So can, when I heard that and considering, um, you know, Camus Grigia Hill and Zach Brown were starting linebacker, Zach Brown got cut midseason and Camus – Camus is a solid special teamer, but he's not a great linebacker. Considering that Nate Gary was put into action a lot more last year, the plays he made in pass coverage, and then, um, you know, to miss some tackles with a core injury, I was like, okay, like there's some stuff to build with there. He made some progress from not playing much his first year except on special teams. I can see maybe this guy having a bigger role next year, and he's been awful this year. So, um, if he keeps making mistakes, I, I don't know why you don't put your third-round linebacker in, Davion Taylor. I know the big thing with him was that because of his religious beliefs, he actually wasn't able to play football for a while. And then his mom allowed him to play his last years at Colorado. So the big concern with him is he just doesn't have as much experience as a football player. But the way you get experience is by getting playing time. And if the guy in front of you is not doing his job, let Davion Taylor go out there and make the same rookie mistakes that Nathan Gary is still making and let him learn from that. So that he can become every other every other linebacker, I think, um, who doesn't play the middle spot, who plays the outside linebacker spot. Every other linebacker who was drafted, um, I think, in the first three rounds or first four rounds or something. There's there was a stat on this. But every other linebacker except Davion Taylor has gotten a defensive snap. Um, so I think I think if Nathan Gary doesn't play well, you got to put Davion Taylor. Um, and then my my second one is whoever plays that second outside outside corner spot. <laughs> So there's a couple guys. We got Michael Jacket, um, Michael Jacquet, who we, we got on the practice squad. I actually wanted him on the practice squad initially. I did an article predicting who I thought was going to be on the practice squad this year before well, when all the cuts came out. And I really wanted him on the practice squad. He didn't make it initially, but they brought him back in this week. I'm thinking maybe they knew something was up with Trevor Williams and they, they weren't going to have a second outside corner. And maybe they're going to put him right in there. I mean, a couple years ago, 
I remember, Dan, I remember we were at John Stauffer's house watching the game. And they did a segment before the game. It was like, are these players the name of a fancy wine or are they an Eagles player? And most people did not know who was starting a corner. Um, I'm not a question to that. So it was Craven LeBlanc, who has become a really good corner. And then it was Devontae Bosby and Chandon Sullivan, um, who aren't with the Eagles anymore. But it, it's looking like that's going to be a situation with the second outside corner spot. And then the other guy who might come up is Graylon Arnold. He's more of a safety, um, but he I think he played more corner in college, but they, they like him at – the Eagles like him at safety, but – he can play both. So if they want to bring him up this week again from the practice squad, that's an option. Keep in mind, they have to bring a receiver up from the practice squad too. So um, that's also another reason Quez Watkins might come up because, you know, they, they can't use both the two practice squad spots to bring up on just two receivers because they have the second outside corner dilemma now, um, which is just great. And so we'll see. It's, it's either going to be Arnold or Jaquette. I like both of them, but again, you're asking a lot of them to get forced, thrown into the fire against Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. So, and not not only that, but then you have the the reverse plays where they they hand off the ball to Samuel and Ayuk. So, <laughs> yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But those are my two guys that need to step up. I know the second one's kind of just whoever starts at that position. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? Who are two guys who uh, who need to step up this week? And there could be a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I guess I'll go with the easy one here. With most people are casting the blame on this guy is Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the, you know, sit Carson train or tank train. I know Carson can do better. Um. This is not the way he's played throughout his career so far. Uh, even when he's injured, he plays better than this. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot going on for him right now. I can't imagine the amount of hate that he's getting. <laughs> like, yeah. It's awful. Um, but, I mean, we, we know he can be good. Um, and it almost seems like we're in the same situation towards the end of last season where we have a bunch of practice squad people playing right now. Yeah, Um, it really does feel like that, man. Eerily similar right now. Uh, I mean, for the fact that Greg Ward is our number one wide receiver coming into this game, pretty pretty similar to last season. But uh, no, I I think we want to see a lot from Wentz, uh, and I think we're going to honestly. Uh, I think he's going to step up and rise to the occasion. Um, I mean, you know. Of course, I could eat my words, you know, when it doesn't happen. But I, I think this is one of those games where he knows there's a lot of pressure on him. And he knows that, you know, all odds are against him. Uh, people are just quitting at this point and don't want anything to happen with the season. Uh, I think I think he's going to come out guns firing. He's going to just be th- thrown all over this 49ers defense, the, the hopeful Eagles fan in me. But um, – yeah, I'm I'm excited for for Carson for this game because I think this is going to be much better than the first three games. I would hope. Um, second player, man, I I was gonna go. Nate Gary was gonna be my other one, but I just <laughs> you already covered him. Um, you can cover him if you want. <laughs> nah, I'll I'll say Roby Coleman. Um, yes, agreed. I. 
the first two games were awful. Uh, just not what you wanted out of him. Actually, he only he didn't play the first game, right? Am I? Oh, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, he did play the first game. I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, first two games are awful. Uh, week three was okay. Not what we want from him. Uh, I mean, we expected so much more from him coming into this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, with him joining our secondary, we thought we were going to be one of the better secondaries, to be honest, in one in the league. And we thought we were going to be set. Yeah. But as as we can tell, it is not all the hype that we cracked it up to be. Um, I mean, as always, yeah, as as always, pretty much for us. Uh, <laughs> um, there's just so many things like he was getting beat a lot the first two weeks, especially by Cooper Cup in the second week. Oh. Um, he was destroying him. Um, but I mean, we we know what Roby Coleman can be. Uh, I mean, we, we know that he's one of the better, uh, corners in the league, probably, probably not like upper elite type, but he is definitely a better corner in the league and can get the job done. Um, I mean, and we're going to need him. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. We're going to need him. Uh, Slay's most likely going to be covering Samuel or I don't know if they would ever try to put him on Kittle. But I I don't know probably not no way but uh yeah. I, we might have we might have to I, I who knows yeah. um yeah so I mean whoever's not covering those two I mean it's gonna be Roby Coleman's gonna have to step up uh, somehow against you know either Kendrick Bourne or um, Brandon Ayuk um we just need we need to shut down their passing game uh, I mean. That's, that's really the way that they're going to get a high-scoring game out of this. Uh, I mean, the run game is just going to get their work. I mean, wherever, whatever week it is, they're, they're going to get their yards. They're going to get all the work that they need. Uh, they're going to rack up yards a lot, uh, especially with the, the multiple people that can run in that backfield. Uh, just so many different looks out of that backfield. Um, yeah, so I think we have to shut down the pass game and can't give them an option there. Uh, and then – hope that we can have a good run defense. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Roby Coleman, I think, is going to be an important part of our secondary this game. Um, hoping that it'll be better than last week. Uh, but we did see some improvements from the weeks before and last week. So I think it'll get better for him. Uh, hoping for the best. Yeah, I really hope so, man, because like, it's just like, we just can't find an answer at corner. Um, thankfully, we have Darius Slay now, which is so refreshing to have, like, a lockdown corner for once. Um, but, of course, you know, we can't have it all. We can't have a good slot corner. Um, granted, Craven LeBlanc has been really good so far, too. Um, I saw a number that um, when Tyler Boyd was against him versus the other corners we put on him, Craven did the best games. And Tyler Boyd had a really good game last week. So, But it is alarming that they, they went to Craven for more snaps at the slot last week so early in the season with Roby Coleman not playing well. You know, it kind of shows they're panicking a little bit, even though they're saying they're not. But, yeah, it worries me with Roby Coleman. I, I hope I, – you know, he's the slot god. Like, he's supposed to be that guy. Um, and, you know, hopefully we get a non-call pass interference in the NFC Championship this year with him. That would be super nice um, <laughs> <laughs> against the Saints. We'll see. We'll see if anything like that happens this year. But – I know that's what that's what Roby Coleman's known for, but he is like he has been better than that. 
test. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then Carson Wentz, man, I mean, yeah, we've talked about it before. It pains me so much being a Wentz fan, um, just loving him on and off the field. Um, but yeah, he's got to step up this week. I think, like you said, like this is a game where he knows he's got to step up. This is the worst three games he's ever played in his career. So he just can't, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there on those two, man. So now we'll go into just highlighting a few players on each team. So starting with the 49ers, why don't you go first in this one? Who are, who are three guys you're kind of keying in on this game for them? Well, a couple of them might be pretty obvious, but. Yeah, um, for 49ers, um, I mean, huge part of the offense uh, Nick Mullins, it's going to run through him. I mean, the guy's got to be good if he wants to win the game. Uh, he's got to be consistent. Uh, he's got to limit his mistakes. Um, I mean, you could probably make a ton of mistakes and still beat us at this point. But um, <laughs> Yeah, the way we're playing with the turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Nick Mullins is going to be a huge part of – how I mean, obviously he's the quarterback, but it's going to be a huge part of how they they execute the game plan. Um, I mean, uh, another huge part of their game, I was going to say, is Debo Samuel. Um, I mean, we already know Kittle is going to get his his game going. Like it's just he's unstoppable, pretty much. But if Debo Samuel's going, their offense is humming. I mean, that means the run game is going at this point. Uh, I mean, he's probably going to come out of the backfield at some point. Um, but, I mean, if Debo Samuel can get going on Slay, I mean, all bets are off and they're winning. Like, it's it's over. Uh, I mean, the, the, the young receiver is just really good, uh, especially from what he showed last season. Uh, even in the big moments um, in the playoffs, he, he still showed up. He played well. Sure. Uh, it's, right. It, it's, especially against the – the elite corners he'd had to face. Uh, I mean, being a rookie last year and having to face all these guys that are actually that good and still having a good game, like, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, so definitely going to be a huge game for him. Um, and I don't know if this will count, but I think Kyle Shanahan. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the guy, he is a, he is a genius. I do have to give it to him. But – I mean, he does have to play around all of these injuries, all the guys, all the personnel that he has gone. Uh, some of these guys are pretty important. Um, so, like, losing Bosa for the season isn't isn't pretty – he's a pretty huge part of your defense right there. Um, but, I mean, a bunch of other guys, you know, D Ford and <laughs> – there's so many guys that he's missing. That uh, is a huge part of his defense. Uh, but the way he schemed it last week against the – granted, it is the Giants, but he only kept them to nine points. Uh, I mean, without without Saquon, the Giants' offense isn't very efficient at all. So, But still, you're keeping a team to nine points. These are professional football players that this is what they do for a living. Uh, it's, it's hard to keep them just to nine points. Uh, and scoring like 28, I think. So their offense was still humming without Kittle and uh, Debo Samuel. So, I mean, Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing, uh, and it's all about the game plan. Uh, I mean, if he's going to win this game, it's about his game plan. Uh, so I think those are the three most important for me, at least for the 49ers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, and people didn't even notice like, that Giants game last week was pretty close. Um, so for them to keep them in check as a defense is pretty big. 
Um, and then towards the fourth quarter, the 49ers just exploded and their running backs kind of just took over. But, um, yeah, um, it'll be interesting with the Giants too, just off topic, to see if Devontae Freeman, um, once he gets more familiar with the offense, if he's still got it or not. Um, that, he had a couple of carries this week. He looked pretty good in the few carries he had. But I like Devontae Freeman. I hope, I wish the best. Um, yeah, for me, uh, three guys. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, I mean – he does, obviously, he's not going to get a ton of credit because he's not going to show up in the box score, but he's always out there making huge blocks for his team. Where, where, um, how his lead block is just great. So, wherever he is, the Eagles got to keep an eye on him because he's probably going to be the guy orchestrating the run game, setting everything up. And the Cowboys run with their fullback a lot. They have done it in past years, and they confuse defenses with it by running the, the running back opposite of the way the fullback is going sometimes. So, and the Eagles struggle with that against the Cowboys before. We'll see if the 49ers do that at all. Either way, Kyle Juszczyk is going to be a big part of that game plan every, every week. Um, and I'm, you know, for a position that's kind of being phased out of the NFL, I have a lot of respect for a guy like Juszczyk. He's just so, so good at it, too. Um, Javon Kinlaw, the other one. Like I said earlier, he said he was playing average. And sure, he hasn't played great so far, but, like, I mean, he hasn't played that bad. So, if, if I mean, the fact that he realizes that, Shows me that he, he wants to get better, and they move him around a lot on the line. So they might move him into some favorable matchups. Again, if he targets – if they target Matt Fryer with him, good night. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's a guy to keep an eye on. I, I think Herbig and Kelsey can kind of hold their own against him. Um, Kelsey could probably take him one-on-one. Kelsey's a really, really good center. But Matt Fryer, it worries me. Uh, I mean, make him, maybe – I don't know how – versatile Kimball is, but maybe they could even move him outside against uh, Jason Peters at some point. So we'll see how that works. Um, and then my third guy is Jason Barrett. Like I said, he's just not been healthy his whole career. Um, I mean, he was injured in San Diego with the Chargers back when they were the San Diego Chargers, of course. He's been injured with the 49ers so far in his career there. He's just not healthy, and now he's healthy, and he's on the field, and he looked really good last week, like I said. Um, I heard he doesn't like to use his hands a ton um, against receivers, but he's very good with his feet, very sound. He's very good for that scheme. So he's, he's a guy to keep an eye on wherever he is on the field. Um, keep an eye out to see if he's still playing at that level or if he starts to, to kind of feel the effects of not playing football for a long time. So definitely, definitely think he's a player to watch. And then – um, so let's move on to three guys on the Eagles to highlight. I can start on this one if you want. Um, so Jason Peters, we've been talking about him the whole time. He, he got thrown around like a rag doll last week against Carl Lawson. It was ugly. Um, and it, it looks like maybe his age is starting to get to him. Week one, I was like, all right, Chase Young is the monster he is. He's like almost two decades younger than Jason Peters. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give Jason Peters the benefit of the doubt there. I mean, he got he got spun around by Chase Young a few times. And the, the Washington defensive front is pretty insane. Then those struggles continued against the Rams a little bit, and then it was really bad against the Bengals last week. You know, I know Jason Peters is a really, really tough guy mentally. I don't think it's affecting him, but that doesn't mean that his performance is going to be able to match up with that level. Unfortunately, at this age, that's just the nature of it. And he's questionable this week, too. So he's fighting a little injury. That's not a, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. So, um, And then if he doesn't start, it's going to be whoever starts at left tackle. That's who to watch. So if it's, Jack Driscoll played okay, but he played at right tackle week one. 
Um, Jordan Mailata has has known the game of football for like three, four years now. Um, he's looked good in his – he's actually gotten snaps this year. He's looked good in them. But, again, asking him to start a full game is, is not my ideal my ideal game plan. I, that worries me. So, and then leads into my, my second guy, who's also an offensive lineman, Matt Fryer. He's playing left guard again. Didn't look too bad last week. And then he had the false start on the field goal. So, um, again, not his fault that we were in that situation, but we'll see. You know, I was listening to an Eagles podcast by Mike Pay, who is one of my favorite beat reporters. I really enjoy listening to his podcast. And he said he was so mad. He was like, and he's not even a fan of keeping this mind. He's just a reporter. Um, and he said, the Eagles got to make an example out of this guy and show, like, hey, there's going to be consequences for this type of stuff that happens. That's a pretty big statement. Um, to, to cut a guy after – one, one false start. Granted, Matt Breyer wasn't good in the summer either, so I do understand it. But, you know, he how he bounces back after that, that was, you know, I'm sure he's been hearing it from social media. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's been a tough week for him. He's ready to go out and play. How he responds after that and also how he handles Javon Kinlaw, I'm sure they'll have Kelsey sliding over to help with that too, just because you can't have Matt Breyer one-on-one against him. But, I mean, Matt Breyer did look pretty decent um, versus Aaron Donald with Jason Kelsey's help, of course. So maybe he won't be completely thrown around, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on for sure. My third player is Brandon Graham. Um, he had a, he's been really good so far. I thought he was going to start kind of phasing out. You know, he's only been around like eight sacks each year, which isn't bad, but he's been just a monster in the run. That's been, that's been his MO. So he's going up against Mike McGlinchey, who is a good run blocker but is also not so great in pass protection. So Brandon Graham needs to get a few sacks because Nick Mullins under pressure um, was not too good last week. He does get rattled a little bit. He even admitted in his press conference this week, you know, I got to be better when I'm, when I'm under pressure in the pocket. So if Brandon Graham can get home a few times, let Nick Mullins know what's up, that'll be, that'll be really nice. Um, and also with, you know, the wide receiver reverses and everything and all the misdirection run games, kind of like the Rams almost. He, Brandon Graham has got to stay disciplined. He, he needs to contain the edge and um, make sure he's ready for any of those reverses because a lot of times he struggles to contain that edge in misdirection plays. Um, so, though, yeah, those are my three guys for the Eagles who I, I think need to step up this week. It's going to be – there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on some of these players. So, um, at least for me, I'll be watching them pretty closely. But how about you, Dan? Um, man, this is hard to say. Uh I think one big player would be Zach Ertz. Um, yes. I mean, as we have solved throughout the first three weeks, not the all pro that we have seen in years past. Uh, now, who knows if that's the contract negotiation or whatever it is. But at this point, we don't have Goddard, which was looking much better than him. Um, so, I mean, they – Brought in Hakeem Butler, which is a little concerning for the fact that they brought in another tight end and they didn't feel comfortable enough with just Richard Rodgers left. Yeah. Um, so I think this needs to be a huge game for Zach Ertz. Uh, I mean, without the as without these receivers that we uh, have uh, from in, being injured, I mean, he's just going to have to step up. This is going to have to be like a 10-reception game and a 140-yard game for him. Uh, this is this is going to be a huge game, uh, especially if we want to win this. Uh, 
Carson's got to go to his most reliable target, which is Zach Ertz, uh, at least always was. And hopefully he still is after that one drop he had, yeah. uh, which we can't really necessarily fault him for, for just one drop. But, I mean, you know, you got to think about that. I haven't seen him drop a pass in years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a huge part of our offense this game. I mean, he has to be. Uh, he knows it the best besides Carson. So uh, this is this going to have to be a big step up for him. Um, number two. Uh, man. Yeah, this is some pretty much anyone on the D-line. Uh, I'm, yeah. Is Hargrave playing this week? I, I believe he is, right? Yeah, it, it seemed like he wasn't playing last week because he didn't really show up much, so. Right. So I really do want to see Hargrave produce this game um, because I, I honestly didn't see him last game. I, I don't remember a time that I really saw him. So I think this this needs to be a big game for Hargrave. I mean, our defensive line should just dominate. I mean, the only one that can really stop him is Trent Williams. Uh, I mean, this guy's, you know, very good. So, I mean, besides that, we really do have the upper hand with our of, our defensive line against their offensive line. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge part of the game here. Uh, I mean, that was a huge part of our game in the Super Bowl season was our defensive line destroying everyone. So I, we just got to hope for the best. This is the way we got to win games at this point um, is by our defensive line. Um, yeah, so I think defensive line is going to be huge, especially Hargrave. I want to see something happen with him. Um, number three, whew, you can pick so much. How uh, many to pick to, to watch this game? Right. Um, I want to see. I want to see Craven LeBlanc play more. I I really do. Uh, and honestly, every I'm literally we say this all the time to each other is that whenever LeBlanc is in, he's making plays, and exactly. it's. It, it, it's true. I mean, put the guy in already. Like, he's making plays when he's in. He he uses his time wisely. Uh, he doesn't mess around when he gets in. So, I really do want to see LeBlanc play more. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like he's given enough chance to be consistent uh, at his job. So, like, I mean, if the slot guy's not doing well, put this guy in. I mean, or at least just split the snaps with them. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Like, they... I just want to see LeBlanc play. Uh, free LeBlanc at this point. I mean, let him go. Let him do something. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I think he's going to be uh, – he could be a huge part of this game, uh, especially if we have another bad week from the slot gun. So, I, I think uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully him playing more and hopefully Hargrave actually doing well. Yeah, I, I hope Craven starts playing more so I can get a jersey um, and – and be confident that like he's going to start every snap, and people aren't going to still be asking me, "Oh, who's that jersey up?" You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have I still involved. Shout out to my friend Matt Bowerly. Um, he he has a grave on LeBlanc jersey. He's a very dedicated fan. Um, yeah, he like. Um, I remember when we were like just starting to get to know each other. Like the big thing that we got connected on was we were both like diehard grave on LeBlanc fans. So. Crazy world out there. I mean, there's there's a lot of Cravon Cravon people. There's a there's a whole Cravon fan club on Instagram. Um, it's pretty cool. And me and me and Matt are actually co-presidents of the Deontay Burnett fan club now. So we are. <laughs> okay. 
yeah, so, but um, yeah, Craven's the man. I mean, he's the highest graded cornerback uh, for playoffs two years ago, so you got to play him. I mean, he, this is uh, – it frustrates me. But, um, yeah, so anyway, moving past Craven, um, the GOAT. Um, <laughs> with, we've, we've covered pretty much everything at this point. Um, we're going to get to predictions in a minute, but um, let's talk about the keys to win for each team. So, like, just quick, um, the 49ers keys to win. Uh, what are your if you're a 49ers fan, um, Dan, from your perspective, um, what's uh what are your keys to win for the 49ers? Keys to win, man. Uh, I mean, pretty much the game plan that they implement like every single week. Uh, run the ball, get the run game going. Uh, I mean, that's that is the biggest part of their offense. Uh, besides George Kittle, so I mean, just get the ball moving, and the rest will happen after that. Uh, I mean, we always say that. Once you have the run game going, that opens up the pass game. So, I mean, the same. Um, and Nick Mullins is going to be an important part of this. Uh, he obviously has to play well in order to get their team going somewhere. Uh, you can't just keep handing the ball off. You do have to pass it eventually. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll have to see what happens there with him. Um, and, I mean, key on defense for them to be able to win the game. I mean, they need their – I was going to say they need their secondary to play well, but, I mean, they don't really have much to play against at this point with our receivers. So, I mean, they just need their defense to perform. I mean, to, you know, hold those – hold the Eagles on the three and outs and stuff like that. I mean, just keep us to field goals and they probably win the game. <laughs> so, I, I think that's all they need to win at, at this point. Yeah, for me, um, kind of similar to you, keep Nick Nick, Nick Mullins um, comfortable because, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's played before. Um, he's not, he doesn't lack experience, but again, this is still a backup quarterback. You know, you've got to run the ball and then, um, you know, short intermediate passes. Keep working that, that quick game. Um, I think the Eagles are going to need to get a lot more guys in the box so that they can um, be able to track down the running backs, but also prevent Nick Mullins from throwing quick inside. But, yeah, keep Nick Mullins comfortable. Just keep doing what you're doing with him and adjust if it's not working. So you got to make up. Um, second, keep the Eagles' offense off the field and tire out the Eagles' defense because, I mean, the 49ers had the ball. I think the Giants had the ball for, like, seven minutes in the first half last week. Um, they had the, the, um, the 49ers had the ball 40 minutes of the game. So, you know, when you do that and you just grind out drives and convert on third downs, which you're also very good at converting on third downs as well, um, you you fatigue you fatigue defenses for one obviously like I just said, and you also keep the other offense out of a rhythm. It prevents them from really getting into a rhythm. So if if they can win that time of possession battle again, it's gonna be huge. And then my third one is to confuse Carson Wentz. He's he's played really bad. He's, it's been not just mechanics; it's been bad decision making as well. So, and the 49ers are very good at you know confusing quarterbacks pre-snap, making things. Um, you know, disguising their looks and all that. So it's going to come down to, you know, whether Carson can recognize what they're doing pre-snap. And that's going to be a big key is if they can, if they can get Carson once to just turn the ball over twice again, you know, it's tough to see the Eagles winning if, if he keeps turning the ball over. Um, on to the Eagles keys to win. So I'll go first in this one. Carson Wentz. Um, simplify the game plan for this man. And roll him out of the pocket. Again, I'm going to keep saying roll him out of the pocket until they do it at least like a, a good portion of the I'm, – I'm, I'm not saying roll him out for like 60 offensive snaps. 
Um, but like roll them out more than they've been rolling them out like once or twice each week. And it's worked pretty well the few times they have. Um, roll them out to his right so that he's on his throwing side. He doesn't have to worry about his footwork messing up as much or his mechanics. He's just kind of improvising. He's great when he's improvising. Um, it also gives him a smaller field to work with, which I've said a bunch of times. They've got to roll them out. Um, and also just like our RPOs would be great. They've kind of gone away from that since the Super Bowl year, which I understand because you can't just do that the whole game. I mean, people who wanted Nick Foles back, like it was the RPO game that was working for Nick Foles that they used in the playoffs. Again, it's three games that teams didn't have film on. That's not going to work over a whole 16-game season. But you can still have it be part of your offense, too. I think, you know, especially with how good the 49ers defense is, get some RPOs, um, let Carson make quick decisions and all that. And then, yeah, just work the short and intermediate routes against that cover three defense. That's going to be a big part of it. Um, Jim Schwartz, my, my second key, he has got to step up this week. You know, a lot of times he doesn't really disguise his looks. It's the same thing. Um, it's the same thing quarterbacks are seeing before the snap. It's the same thing that happens after the snap. He did do a better job of it last week. I will give him credit where credit is due. He made Burrow think a few times, and those split seconds that Burrow had to think a little bit longer because he wasn't getting what he thought he was getting allow the defensive line to get some sacks. And you can do the same exact thing with Nick Mullins. So that's going to be big to keep him off balance and, and just, just confuse him a little bit. That's good. And also, you know, that can force interceptions. I think the Eagles really need an interception this week if I have them winning this game. Um, as much as Carson Wentz has turned the ball over, it's also been the same thing on defense. They haven't been getting turnovers, too, to help them out at all. Um, I'm not an excuse for Carson Wentz at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, the defense has got to step up as well. So Jim Schwartz is a big key for me, how he can um, manage this game against a really good offensive game plan. And then my third one is have anyone but Nathan Gary or Jalen Mills cover George Kittle. So I think you've got to, I think you've got to double team him. I think we really, there's a good chance we could see Slay on him. I know Slay is obviously not as big as him, but he'll at least be able to, you know, stay stride for stride with him, hopefully. Um, but, you know, then again, you've got Ayuk and Samuel. What do you do with that? Then, then if you have Slay on Kittle, you need two other outside corners. We don't have any outside corners right now. So, um, so I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe McLeod's going to get Kittle most of the time. But, you know, you've got to figure out a game plan for him. I would just double him, honestly. Make sure you got two guys on him. And watch for him blocking, too, because a lot of times he blocks and then he releases into a route unexpectedly um, because he's such a good blocker, too. And he'll, he'll probably be blocking because McGlinchey isn't a great pass blocker. But, he, again, he could break it into a route after, after blocking for a couple seconds. So that's going to be a big key is how we manage George Kittle this game. He really could go for 200 yards. So, um, yeah. yeah, with that said, what are your uh, keys to a win for the Eagles? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I mean, obviously we need to get Miles Sanders going. Yeah. Uh, one. Uh, that, that's got to be huge. Uh, I mean – even if he's lining up as a receiver at this point, I mean, just give him the ball. Uh, he is one of our biggest offensive pieces, and it's our offense runs well when he's doing well, to be honest. Uh, so, I mean, get Miles Sanders going. Um, like you said, Carson Wentz is going to be a huge factor in this game. Uh, I mean, there's he needs to fix things, and I believe this will be the week that he fixes some of those things. Um, I mean, the decision-making, uh, the mechanics might not be the easiest fix right now, but, I mean, he can definitely fish, fix his decision-making. Um, I mean, we know he's a smart football player, and we've seen that. So, I don't know if it's something mental, but I think he's going to be able to, you know, tone those 
takeovers, I mean, turnovers down, uh, down a little bit. So a huge part of the game. Um, and I don't know what else to say, to be honest. I mean, we do need our offensive line to play well. Uh, I mean, we already know we have a banged up offensive line because we're out two or three of them at this point. Yeah. Uh, Matt Pryor playing and um, Herbig and yeah, you you guys already know at this point our offensive line struggles. We just need to play well uh, there. I mean, we got to hold these guys down. I mean, Kinlaw can't be getting <laughs> getting the Wentz. I mean. Yeah. It might be happening too often, and we can't we can't be doing that. Uh, I mean, we already know that they have a solid defensive line, uh, and they know how to get to the quarterback. Um, and then after that, our defense man just has to figure out a way to stop Kittle. We just have to figure out a way to stop him. Uh, I don't know how we do it. I mean. Like you said, maybe Slay cover him, but then that leaves everyone else open at that point. Um, it, there's no easy solution to it. Uh, if Jim Schwartz can keep this guy under 100 yards, I would be thoroughly impressed. Yeah. I would be very impressed. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already been on the fire Schwartz train. So, I mean, <laughs> if he can do that, I won't say fire him anymore. Um yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a huge part for the defense. Uh, and, yeah, getting pressure on Nick Mullins, I, I think that'll be a huge part. Uh, I mean, like you said, what Nick Mullins said in the press conference is he needs to be better under pressure. Well, we need to bring the pressure, first of yeah. all. So, our defensive line needs to step up, and we need to get in his face. So, I mean, that's the best way to do it. I mean, that's going to hopefully help our defense out when we're getting to the quarterback quick. Um, and one more, one more thing. Put my Lada in and give him the ball and let him run. I would, I just want to see it happen a few yeah. times, to be honest with you. I just want to see it happen. I mean, the dude knows how to run with the with the, a ball that's larger than a football, so I'm sure he can keep that football in his arm and, you know, run for starts. I just want to see some creative play calling. That was kind of my lead in. Uh, I want to see some creative play calling. Uh, everything – has been like very simple and nothing too crazy. And usually we don't see anything too crazy from Doug Peterson uh, in the beginning, but yeah. I mean, come on now. I mean, Jalen hurts is your, is your decoy on offense. <laughs> like I understand you want him to be at Taysom Hill, but my lot is huge. Like why not just try it at this point? I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy needs to do something. Um, yeah, I mean, our experiment needs to work out eventually with him. So, put him in somewhere. Yeah, other than that, yeah, like I said, creative play calling. I just want to see it happen. I want to see – I think that will be a huge part for us because everything we've done so far is kind of predictable. Uh, although we haven't had any dominant players on offense yet. So, yeah, it will be an interesting week. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm so glad you said that about my lotto because I've actually been I've been calling for the Eagles to have a fullback in this offense for a few years because it worked with Andy Reid really well. And I think Doug Peterson just gets really predictable out of shotgun and the same formations under under center with two tight ends and all that. I think it'd be really helpful to add a fullback to the offense because it adds it kind of adds another dimension to the run game. Um and not that my lotto could be like a fullback full time, but 
I, I, I've been on the same page as you, man. Like, try it on a third and one or something. I know they like yeah. to sneak, sneak it with Carson a lot, but, like, just try it at some point. Like, you know, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen defensive – you could do, like, a jump pass with them like the Chiefs did with Don Terry Poe. Um, have them just be a decoy. I know they've done it with Fletcher Cox before, um, like, once, I think. So, they can do it with – they could definitely do it with Jordan Mylock. Especially right. since he's not playing at all, he'll be completely fresh when he comes into the game. So, exactly. um, yeah, like you said, he's a rugby player. So, he, I mean, um, he, he knows how to carry a football, I'm sure. So, I don't know who would want to tackle him. He's got to be pretty ferocious as a rugby player. So, yeah. I'm really glad you said that, though. So, <laughs> yeah. And then Jalen Hurts, I mean, yeah, it's just annoying because, like, you don't draft the pace and hell in the second round. Um, but, you know, we're stuck with him. Um, at least we're using him some way. You know, he's gotten – he had that nice carry last week, and then he fumbled the ball on the other one. So. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, he kind of keeps the defense off balance. It'll be interesting to see how they use him this week too. But it's come to that time, time for predictions and player of the game. So, Dan, why don't you go first? Oh, man. Um, this This could be a very low-scoring game. But this could be a very high-scoring game for one team. Um, I'm going to go with a low-scoring game. I'm going to go <laughs> I'm gonna go 19-14 Eagles. It, hates, it pains me to pick the Eagles because I know we're probably not going to win. But I, hope, I just hope we can get something together, and I think we can. Uh, yeah, 19-14 Eagles. Um, and do you want me to do player of the game too at the same time? Might as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Okay. Player of the game. Carson Wentz. Yeah, I said it. Carson <laughs> Wentz is a player of the game. You heard it here first. It's happening. All right. Well, with that said, I'm going to give my prediction. Uh, 23-23 tie. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Oh man, um, Doug Peterson punts the ball in the final. Nah, just kidding. But um, I am so I'm gonna go with the 49ers win because I think if I pick the 49ers, that'll give the Eagles a better chance of winning. That's why I'm picking them. I also like it is you know the 49ers are a really good team, so like I could totally see it happening. I'm gonna go with the 49ers winning big too, so that the Eagles have a better chance of winning. So 38-21 win. 49ers um <laughs> but um yes I'm still gonna pick an Eagles player of the game though so, so I'm gonna go with Greg Ward I just think against this defense and the cover three scheme that they run most of the time I think he's gonna be a reliable option he's coming off a really good game last week he's the only one who Carson's really familiar with and I'm hoping John Hightower could be good he looked better than he did in week one um last week I was very happy with how he played um but you know and Deontay Burnett has played with Carson Wentz before, but Greg Ward has, has been with the team for three years, getting picked up on the practice squad and then getting cut and all that. So he's been around the organization for three years, and he just kind of has the best chemistry. I mean, obviously he wasn't practicing with Carson Wentz all the time, but he has the best chemistry with him. With that said, I could see Earth being part of the game too. But I just wanted to go with um, Greg Ward stepping up as our number one receiver this week. I know he's going to play in the slot a lot, but, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he has a big game. Um, and then – if you guys don't want to hear the rest of this, we're done with the Eagles 49ers preview now. We're just going to go with a um, quick NFL um, segment at the end here. So if you want to dip, you can. But let's start with uh, around the NFL, just two teams that we've been surprised by through three weeks. So who are two teams that, that you've been surprised, either good or bad, um, for you, Dan? 
I have been surprised by the Bears. Uh, <laughs> dude, Mitch leading them to 2-0, and and then halfway through the third game gets pulled out for Nick Foles. Crazy. Yeah. But they are 3-0. and Like, I just – it's hard to believe at this point. Like, I don't know if I had them going very far this season uh, in my season prediction. To be honest, I kind of forget what I said because I know the Packers are just too good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bears have just looked good for some reason. I mean, Mitch hasn't been playing the best, like, every single game, like, every single quarter of the game. But, I mean – it seems like they have things going. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Graham is getting involved too. Like that's crazy. I, the yeah. guy is still, he's still alive. He's still playing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it hasn't been like their defense has been solid. Their offense has been getting, getting the going. Uh, I mean, I think they just lost Tariq Cohen to an injury, yeah. but um, it seems like things are going pretty well for them right now. Uh, I mean, I, I think they do come up with a, a tough schedule soon. Um, so it's not going to be easy. Don't know if that 3-0 and undefeated is going to last very, very much longer. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's interesting to see, like, that quarterback situation as well. Yes. Um, the fact that Foles has been paid so much to be a backup. Well, he wasn't paid, but he was traded into it. Uh, but now he's starting and Mitch just has to sit because they thought they were going to commit to him, but now they're not committed to him. And it was literally just the third set game of the season. Yeah. I didn't know they were in a win now mode <laughs> because it did not seem like their roster was that way. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the Falcons. But yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, it's, it's weird. I, I'm, I'm oddly surprised by these bears. Um yeah, I I think that's all I got to say on them, to be honest. Uh, who else have I been surprised by? <sighs> Hate to say it, but the Patriots. Um, you know, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. <laughs> um, I honestly did not think Cam Newton was going to do this well, but he has proved me wrong. Uh I will say it now. He has proved me wrong. He he does look pretty good. He has passed the ball. He isn't only running the ball. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with Bill Belichick. Like, he just – his mind is so good. But football mind is – he's a genius. Um, so, I mean, the dude just looks like he's – He's back at the top again. I mean, it looks like he might start another dynasty at this point. Huh. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, their, their defense hasn't been terrible. Like going from like the number one defense last season and have a, a defense that has scored a lot last season. I mean, they haven't done the same, but their defense has been kept keeping offenses in check. Like it, it hasn't been, it hasn't been a cakewalk for people uh, playing the Patriots right now. Um, I mean, as well as their offense has been doing really well. Uh, I mean, besides the running backs, you just never know which running back is going to go off during the week. It'll be anyone. Um, so, I mean, even their receivers, like, you would think they need a dominant receiver. But, I mean, Julian Edelman has been holding it down. NQ Harry, um, dude, he's he's a beast. Um, I'm trying to remember other receivers. I can't even think of other receivers uh, on their team. Kobe Myers. Yeah, Jacoby Myers is doing well. Um, 
they Belichick just finds a way. He really does just find a way. Uh, so I'm excited to see where they go. Uh, and I never thought I would say that about a Patriots team, but I'm excited to see where they go. Uh, interesting to see that they're competing with the Bills right now, um, which is also another surprise team. Bills are doing insane. Uh, but that division will be interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the Jets and the Dolphins are just awful. So it's going to be them two competing for the first spot there. And who knows, maybe both of them will get in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting, interesting competition between the Bills and the Patriots this season. Yeah, um, especially the Jets in that division, man. I mean, they just lost a depleted Broncos team that had Brett Rippon starting at quarterback. <laughs> I feel so bad. Like, Sam Darnold isn't crazy good, but I feel like if you actually had a decent team around him, maybe he'd be decent. Because his best receiver right now is – well, he had a – you got Jameson Crowder back, but it was Braxton Berrios for a hot second. There, so. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, I've been hyped about the Patriots. I mean, I, I like I – w- I want to see Bill do better than Tom this year. That's my big thing. Um, Bam Bam Cam has been really good. And then – yeah, shout out to the Falcons for blowing another lead to the Bears. I just cannot – I cannot imagine being a Falcon right now. Like, I, I feel so sorry for you. I, I Like, I know I – I wasn't high on the Falcons this year. I know um, uh, a couple of our guys got a lot of hate for uh, the Falcons season preview they did. Um, and I hate to say we preview – I can't even, like, say that we preview guys wrong – or Mike, that Sanjay and uh, Nate preview guys wrong because that would just be rude with how, how bad things have gotten. Um, so, I don't want to rub it in, but I'm so sorry for you guys. Shout out to the Bears for making them blow that lead, though. I mean, Nick Foles really did a lot. So, for my two teams, I'm going to go with two teams. I'm surprised they're not doing so well so far. Um, so, first off, the Vikings. Um, I did not expect them to beat the Packers. The Colts, I am very high on this year. I thought maybe the Vikings could get a win versus them. Definitely did not expect them to lose to – I mean, well, Tennessee I like as well. But I thought, you know, going 0-2, they'd be like, all right, we got to buckle down. We got to get a win. Did not expect the Vikings to go in 0 3 hole. I thought that would win at least one of those games. Um, and Kirk is, you talk about Carson being bad. Kirk has been really bad so far from what I've heard. I haven't watched the games, but the numbers are really bad. So um, I'm going to go back and watch those to make sure that the numbers are accurate. But either way, the, the team is not playing well. And, you know, I, I personally wasn't high on them this year, but again, did not expect them to go into an 0 3 hole. Not a good direction. Good thing is Justin Jefferson had a really good game last week, though. Um, and then my other team is the Saints. I thought they'd be two and one right now. They are one and two. They just I, – I thought, you know, well, obviously Oakland, I didn't expect them to lose there. After they lost to Oakland, I was like – you know, everyone was jumping on the Drew Brees' washed-up train. I was like, all right, he was outside the Dome. He doesn't play well outside the Dome. It was one game. I'm not there yet. And then um, they lost to the Packers, too. And, you know – um, the whole team didn't really play well. Alvin Kamara was kind of trying to do everything he could to save that game. Um, they were getting torched by Alan Lazard. Credit to Alan Lazard. I mean, I don't want to just say it was all the Saints defense because um, he did do his job and he stepped up without Devontae Adams there. But, yeah, I, I thought the Saints would probably be 2-1 right now, if not 3-0. Um, yeah, against the Packers, like, totally understandable to lose them, but the Raiders one was what surprised me. So, yeah, I mean, and the Raiders kind of another surprise team too, going two and one so far. But yeah, it it's a little weird to see the Saints at one and two to start the season. They'll probably start to pick it up, but definitely weird. And then um, to wrap up, last thing, we'll go two upsets for this week. I will start us off in this one. I have the Browns over the boys. I mean, I 
every every time the Cowboys play a, a decent team, I'm going to pick the other team. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, the Browns' run game has been pretty good so far. I know the one game they had was against the Bengals' run defense, but Nick Chubb is still a monster. You know, they have guys like Denzel Ward who can make some plays in the defense and Miles Garrett as well. Um, I, I, I think the Browns could get an upset win over the Cowboys this week and, and kind of surprise them. Unless, uh, unless Cedric Wilson goes for like 200 yards again. But <laughs> what a surprise that was. Um, and then oh. other, my other upset, which I, I'm not too confident about, but I, I, this is one of the upsets I want to pick. I'm going to have the Bears going 4-0 um, for the Colts. And I'm actually pretty high on the Colts this year. And I really like I really like the roster, but I think maybe Philip Rivers throws a couple interceptions. He hasn't been taking care of the ball too much, um, and maybe Nick Foles. Just, you know, he's a streaky quarterback, and he had a good game last week. There was a couple iffy throws, but you know, once he kind of gets rolling, um, man, he Nick Foles is tough to stop. But he'll also go eventually. He'll he'll um, he'll kind of come back to earth and have a really bad streaky games too. Um, and then all all the Nick Foles savior people who um, wanted him to stay here for 80, 84 million dollars at 30 years old can go back um, and be quiet you know Carson doesn't play well but I, I'm, I think maybe the Bears beat the Colts again not too confident about that one um, I, I really won't be surprised if the Colts kind of show up and just say hey we're a team to beat this year um, we're not going to take this team lightly but yeah those are my two upsets so Dan finish this off man all right I'm trying to think like what would be an upset upset I guess the Eagles, because that does count as an upset. Yes. Uh, and I already did pick them. I just don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It's just going to happen. I, I mean, come win. on now. It's just going to happen. Uh, no, I I really think this is like – I feel like we might have said this last game that it was a must-win game, but <laughs> this, this is kind of a must-win game because otherwise the rest of the season is going to look awful. Um, we do not have an easy schedule. It's not really going to get any better. Uh, so we do need a win at this point because otherwise we could possibly go like 0-7 and, and 1 before we get another another win. Yeah. Um, and my next one, I'm going to pick the uh, Titans over the Steelers. Uh, just kidding. There is no game this week. Just <laughs> kidding. Oh, uh, I didn't have to do them like that, Dan. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Unfor- unfortunate that they've got the COVID down in Tennessee, but hope they get better. Um, man, what would what would be an upset for the Bengals and Jags game? Like what? I think uh, the Bengals are favored by two and a half in that game. So. Are they? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, I, I was gonna pick the. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna pick the Bengals if they weren't favored. But I'm gonna have to pick the Jags now. Now that they're they're not favorite. Poor so, Nate. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate, but I'm gonna pick the Jags. Um, I mean, Magic Minshew, man, come on now. I mean, honestly, their offense is looking pretty good. I mean, so is the Bengals, but I mean, James Robinson is doing really well. Love that. They have right. They have DJ Chark back. Keelan Cole's did really well. Chenault has showed out pretty early as well. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, their their offenses looks like it's humming. I mean, the Bengals kind of looks pretty good, but they did play us as well, so it kind of, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I think this is actually going to be a kind of kind of a good game. Uh, yeah. It might be a high-scoring game as well because we know Minshew can chuck it. And I don't know about Joe yet, but this might be a game where he needs to start chucking it. Um, so I, I think this, this could be an exciting game, especially with Joe having, you know, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Uh, it just seems like a good game. Uh, I'll just pick the Jags for the upset because I feel like this would be a close game and it might come down to a field goal. So I'm going to pick the Jags. Yeah, Jags coming off that uh that Thursday night game too, getting that long rest. Um, that was uh yeah, that was last week, right? That the Thursday night game. Yeah, the uh, beard versus the mustache. You yeah, know. that's what it was. Um, <laughs> oh, what a matchup that was! But I dude, I, I really like James Robinson, especially him being like an undrafted free agent playing so well so far. But yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Um, this is the Eagles 49ers preview with a little NFL at the end, but um. Yeah, we're excited for the game. I mean, um, we're not for the tank. Sorry, Sanjay. We're we're just not there yet. But um, I'm excited for the game. I mean, you know, obviously after every game we lose, I just get more and more angry. But, you know, by by Saturday, I'm always – or Friday, Saturday, I'm always ready to jump right back in on the the season. So, (laughs) um, I'm excited. But anything to say before we sign off, Dan? No, right. I'm, I'm excited for football, to be honest. Uh, like I keep remembering the point that like, you know, a couple months ago we weren't able to watch any sports. So I'm excited to watch anything at this point. Uh, I mean, that's what people were saying about the Jets Broncos game last night. Like, you know, at least we have football, (laughs) but, um, yeah, super exciting. Um, ready for this game. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening in. Uh, thank you for the support. And, uh, as Sanjay would say, God bless you guys. Uh, and stay safe out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm so thankful we have football back now too. It's just, yeah, you take it for granted until um, you know, once once sports were gone, it was just it was awful. But you know, even if the Eagles are are one, twelve and one or something like that by Thanksgiving, like I'm still going to be Thanksgiving Day on my couch, um, getting ready for that meal, watching all all three games. And still be just as excited because football's back. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys who are listening on Apple or Spotify and not watching us. Um, Appreciate you guys listening as well. Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty much it, and we will see you guys next time.